All right, so um, yo, man, one, welcome Thank to you. the podcast, okay? I start this podcast the same way every time, just letting you know that I have not named the podcast yet. Awesome. I don't know what it is. I don't yet. even know why I'm here, so let's just go. <laughs> I know I gave you the I, microphone. I, he was like, uh, okay, what am I doing here? <laughs> let's do it. So you and I are in the same boat. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. So I don't have a name for it, but I think, um, I think it's really cool, though, because I had an idea to do it. Yeah. And instead of getting the logo and a name, I was like, let me just interview these cool people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. Yeah, that's the name and of the game. You, and then you figure it out. So please, man, introduce yourself, man, for, for those that don't know you. Yeah, um, so my name is Andrew. A lot of people call me Drew. Uh, you can find me online at Brand with Drew. Um, just long story short, um, co-founder uh, of two uh, major companies right now that we're working with. One is a marketing agency. Uh, we do a lot of uh, personal branding for a lot of pro athletes, CEO, executives, entrepreneurs. Um, it didn't start like that, right? When we first started four or five years ago, it was a wide spread, hey, we'll do anything for anybody, <laughs> logos and websites, you know, and as we've grown and as we've niched, we find out mm -hmm. our, our ideal client and, you know, referrals and all that good stuff kind of happens. So, you know, you, you kind of just build a business and you figure out who you want to work with and who gives you the best ROI for your time and you kind of just niche it and you grow there. Um, did that for about four or five years. Uh, before that, I was a, a Hampton graduate, used to cut here, used to DJ, right, very entrepreneurial. Um, but more, not, not because either things that I necessarily wanted to do, they were more so I saw a need in the market, right? So I think that's the fastest way to make money, right? Mm -hmm. by, by looking at the market, your circle, and, and seeing, well, where are the needs and services that you can provide? And the fastest way to sell anything is, you know, to have a problem or, 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 or just to make that connection. Um, did that for, for four or five years, uh, moved down to Atlanta, you know, grew here a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say got bored, um, mm. but got to a place where everything was pretty good, you know, living in Buckhead, um, everything was fun and dandy. Um, sat for a couple months, not really doing too much. Um, and then the idea, um, not, I wouldn't say the idea, but the timing of building a, a platform for diverse creators and entrepreneurs and truly, uh, uh, making it very beneficial to the audience um, uh, really took place. Um, and that was uh, summer of 2017. That went on to, to be the build your own brand kind of group. Um, and so people will say BYOB a lot. And, mm -hmm. and um, we started that by, by doing a nationwide tour um, from Atlanta, drove to Charlotte, DC, Philly, New York, Chicago, down the middle of the country, Dallas, mm -hmm. Arizona, LA, San Francisco sold out pretty much the majority of it, did 100 to 200 people, um, and then just really built brand, right? Really built trust and connections with people all across mm -hmm. the country. And um, come around this year, instead of going around and doing the same thing, uh, we were saying, hey, let's bring everybody together. Gotcha, and gotcha. so that's kind of how we did our first uh, BYOB retreat. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of other back-end stuff behind there, but overarching, uh, that, that allowed us to pull off BYOB retreat, which has built a, a lot more awareness for myself, our team, yeah. things like that, because now it's more of a, it's still B2B, but like we just said earlier, right, every, you know, consumers even want to be business owners, oh, yeah, right? So sure. it's like B2C, the old agency is more, um, you know, high level B2B. Yeah, man, and it was, a, it was a phenomenal event, man. Just, I think it's so, it's so dope though, because you have uh, somewhat of a younger demographic, kind of like just getting out of college For or sure. like really kind of getting a career going and that many hungry people. At 24, I was an idiot. Right. I was an idiot. Right. I would right. not have right. come to a conference at 24, That's right? Real. So for you to That's like real. really pull those type of people together, yeah. how do you break through 
I'm talking about they're fresh at, at a parties. Like they're smelling like liquor, yeah. right? Yeah. Like how how do you how are you penetrating the minds of yeah. these young yeah, people? Yeah, yeah. So so it's great. I mean, so obviously the way again we talk about this a lot too. Having a true understanding of the psychographic of our market is very important, right? Mm -hmm. And I know. I mean, I don't know when you were 24, but just let's just say it was a couple years ago, right? At that time, more than a couple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At that time, let's let's think about the psychographic there because the internet was a little different, social media was a little different. You know, like right, those things affect your mind, and so if you right. move forward to nowadays you have to really be uh, mindful of the things that affect their mind. And so they're already, you know, we always kind of look back at younger people and we see like, like, wow, they're so hungry or they're so, you know, they're like whatever it is, they're, they're, they want it faster because they see, you know, everybody else is older than them or whatever happened, they want it faster, right? So there's so much more, they want to grow up so fast, yeah. right? So understanding that is one thing, so, right? So a 24 year old now might be different than a 20, your, your version of a 24 year old, right? That's a real. little bit, right? Not, not a big difference, but a little bit based off of how the market is going their peers are going, the internet is going. So I, I, I understand that mind frame because I'm not too far off from that. And the second thing is, actually my ideal market, although young, again, is truly understanding their, their psychographic because I actually like, although we had, we had some college students there. I mean, we did some promotion on college campuses, but um, I, I, my, my most ideal target demographic is, I think you hit it, that 24, 25 year old because I actually want you to graduate, go to work for a year or two, get hyped because you got your first job, you're doing better than anybody else in your family, that's all great, but then a year or two down, you every, I would say 80%, 90% of the market will then have this inkling or feeling that, man, you know what I'm saying? I wonder if I can I have my own business. Or, 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 or they feel like the, biz, the, the work that they're doing is hindering them further. Or they wanna create or they have other ideas but their boss not allowing them because of the bureaucracy of the company, all these good things. So again, it's understanding that pain point because when there's a pain point, there's a, there, you know, there's a solution for it. Yeah. And so my perfect audience ideally is that 24, 25 year old who has graduated, who has worked a year or two and now have that pain point because when I come in there and I do all these sexy, you know what I'm saying, videos and graphics yeah. and you know, show them you know, all these people that they look up to who are coming, they're more likely to then convert into that buyer, right? So like yeah. I hate, I mean, I don't want to sound bad, but high school students, yo, you're still too young. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Even freshmen, like, you, you know, your, your mind is a little bit different, right? You're not worried about, but that sweet spot. And then for me too, you know, as they grow and get older, if I can be the brand that penetrates their mind and gives value to them, then there's loyalty that grows over the next three, four, five, ten years, depending on how we pivot or how we grow. See, that's why I like, I love the way you think, man, because, like, you really do think, long term where some people are like yo i just i need to do whatever i can do yeah. right now i need to make a dollar yeah. right now but you're like okay I if i do it right i can make ten dollars tomorrow yeah so like how did you develop that come a little closer sure. how did how did you how did you develop that like how old are you i'm 28 28 like at what point did you start to sure. think strategically sure honestly man so it's one of those things where um it's one of those things where when you go through the, the worst times in your life is actually the best thing for you, oh, for right? Sure. <laughs> because like once you go so low, like there's no, like you can't go any lower, right? It's really only going up. And uh, I think I, I, I experienced that so young, right? I'm 28, but in my mind, I'm 10 years in the game, right? So I'm equivalent to say a 24, 25 year old now that's actually 35, 
You get what I'm saying? So me and you could low-key be the same age. Oh, for and sure. It's a mindset, right? Because, because I started this journey when I was 17, 18, when my parents completely let me go, when I had to sleep in my own car, when I had to, you know, was couch surfing, like, yeah. had to find food, for, had to find money for food. Like, like I, didn't, I only had $100 in my account, and it was like from that day as a freshman in college, because I no longer wanted to do what they wanted me to do, I took a bet and completely went on my own and it's been do or die since I was 18. And so for the first four years, you're just learning. Yeah. You're failing, oh, for you're sure. getting screwed over, mm -hmm. you're, you know, and then, then the next five years when you start getting a little bit smarter, you know, we've all heard of the saying, it takes 10,000 hours to master everything, you know, and so we understand that it just takes a long time, yeah. but it's up to you to decide when those 10,000 hours get accomplished yeah. right so you can start now you can start a year from now you can start 10 years from now mm -hmm. but you're still gonna have to go through those 10,000 hours sure. I feel like I've just have gone through a significant part of those 10,000 hours at an earlier age because of just a very unfortunate situation that landed me in the in boot camp in the military all that good stuff which mm -hmm. I never you know what I'm saying like it was literally the worst times in my life really absolutely absolutely how'd you get there how'd you get there I, I, I got to a point where I couldn't afford school I didn't know what to do and like you and I, we're probably intuitive to know, or at least our mind is, is set up to say, well, we're willing to make it happen no matter what. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you can be like Gary Vee and ET and be like, I'm willing to die for it, right? Right, right? And I think at that point, I had that mindset because I didn't have nothing. I was completely on my own and I wanted to finish school because I knew that that's what was gonna help uh, uh, build my acumen as a, as a young adult, as a person, as a businessman. And so I enlisted myself into the Marine Corps. Wow. And when wow. you enlist yourself into the Marine Corps or the Army, and mind you, this was like mid 07, 08, 09, like we were smack in the middle right. of war. <laughs> Everybody was like going overseas and hell half the people were coming back. Right. right. So in my mind, I'm like, damn, there's a good chance that I might, that my life expenses just went down. And so how <laughs> bad do I really want this? Mm. And I was willing, to, I like, I was, there was, I'm like, I'll take it or die. Wow. So, so fast forward to starting your, uh, your branding agency. Yeah. Tell me about your first client. Oh, first great. First client. Oh, this is a really good question. Um, okay, so I'll give two answers. I will say that my first client was myself mm -hmm. first. So I used to be a DJ, right? When I was at Hampton, I used to be a DJ. Um, the DJ before me was DJ Tay James. He went mm -hmm. on to become Justin Bieber's DJ. DJ before that was DJ Baby Drew, local here, Chris oh, yeah. Brown DJ. DJ before that was DJ Envy on The Breakfast Club. So I became behind a, a, a really successful lineage oh, of DJs. Wow. And you know, what college? I, this was at Hampton. At Hampton. Hampton. Oh, University. gotcha. So Envy then. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so I mean, even um, I forgot his name, but Pushes T DJ went there. I mean, uh, I don't know how or why, but Hampton just. If you want to be a famous DJ, okay. <laughs> Hampton helps. Right. Um, um, so. I did that, um, and, I, and, I, and I was DJing like crazy too, once I really got into the groove and once I really got into the market and, and they were kind of accepting and everything just worked out well. Um, I remember just DJing like literally Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I mean, it was a way for me to pay for stuff too, right? right? So like, again, I would, people used to call me like a money whore. I was like, stop being a money whore. I was like, yo, like, I ain't got no other options. But um, I did that and people used to always, but then so the, the underlying thing was, dang, so like, at the time though, everybody used to call me audio. That was my kind of DJ name. Whole school thought it was my teachers, my dean, everybody thought it was audio. Like, I, but what happened was I branded myself to be very, very synonymous to what I did, right? right? And, and it, was, it wasn't even second nature, you know what I'm saying? It was audio first before it was Drew or Andrew. 
And so everybody, you know, subconsciously, everybody was like, man, so, you know, who are you going to jump on next? Like, you know what I'm saying? We all watching you, you know, all that good stuff. And um, at the time, though, I was going through, like, I, I, I had gone through the entertainment industry. I understood how it worked. I used to travel, club, tours, all that good stuff, concerts, all that good stuff. And ultimately for me, I knew that this, was, this became more of a pre-dream than my actual dream. This was a, a means to an end to pay the bills that I got good at. It was a skill that I acquired. But this wasn't ultimately what I wanted to do. I didn't really like everything that was going on in the entertainment industry. I'm not, not to say that who's right or who's wrong. It's kind of everything. In my opinion, it was like everybody's out for themselves. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's that whole thing that you can get into. And so I was like, you know what? If it happens, then great. But I don't really think this is what I wanted to do. And so I made that realization when I was a fifth year and then I, grad, and then I graduated. And I was like, you know what? I need to make a transition because I actually don't really want to be in the entertainment industry. Um, um, but my biggest realization was, this is why I say pre-dream and dream is because I realized my passion wasn't really DJing. My passion was really marketing and branding myself to become this DJ. Mm. Mind you, this is when Facebook, Twitter, these were when social medias are, are, are starting to grow, like right. dramatically grow. Mind you, we were talking 10 years ago. And so um, I leveraged that very well. And, and, and when you leverage that, you understand also that most of the time when people, at least at this level, they're hiring you, but they're also hiring you for your, to access your database or distribution, yeah. right? So this, it, it, it becomes obvious, right? So if you're able to build you know, your own brand and have access to the people and you had a skill, it's like, yo, hire him and he can promote for us. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like, all that stuff. <laughs> right, so right. I started to understand how the internet was really cutting out you know, different players in the game and stuff like that and how social media could affect that. Um, so I, I say, I start there, right? I say, and I think most people, like when you start out something, you kind of just start doing it yourself, right? Like, Absolutely. like if nobody believes in you, you start yourself, start proving a little bit. Right. And then the next logical thing is, I had a friend at the time. His name was Bakari Taylor. He was on the basketball team, but we knew he wasn't going to the league. So I was like, yo, <laughs> let, me, let me help you out. You know what I'm saying? I was like, we all know, right? right. <laughs> so no shade, right? And I'm sure he's gonna watch this. Anyways, um, but he loved fitness, right? He thought he liked basketball, but his real passion, or maybe what he's more credible at was, was fitness, monetizing that. So, all right, let me, let me try some of my juice on you. You know what I'm saying? Let me see if I really know, right? You have to get market, um, I don't know what the word is. Uh, it's not confirmation, but like when, when the market- Social proof. Social proof, right? Yeah. <laughs> plug. Well, a little plug right there. Um, right, right, right. Um, and so, and so um, I was like, okay, cool. So I'll, we started him, uh, created him a brand, a logo, Body by Bakari. That was gonna be his thing. Came up with the whole business plan. We'll start by doing some free workshop at his garage, at his home. You know, that'll get people out. Then we'll try to convert there. You know, this, this, that. Next thing you know, I'm taking him on a tour. I was like, yo, let's let's get you, and this was 2014. I was like, let's do something big. Let's go on a tour. Let's do an East Coast tour. And this is more of a brand awareness play, but I think that we can pull this off. Um, we need money. We don't have money. How do we get money? Let's do a Kickstarter campaign. So we did a Kickstarter campaign. Raised like $10,000. Okay, that was my first attempt to do like an interview style video, right? Mm -hmm. Hire somebody, do a video, transcribe it, put it out there, do a little gift, you know, versions of it. That was our little campaign. We raised uh, almost $10,000, something like that. Okay, now we had the funds to actually pull this off. Now I'm playing also the sponsorship game. Hey, you know, I got this guy, you know, we're about to go on this tour, about to do free workshops, sell it as a, as a you know, good thing for the community thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we got kind snacks, we got Gatorade. Okay, they're setting that stuff. So I'm learning how to get all these different, um, I'm learning everything. I'm learning as I go. Right. But it worked out well. We got press. We got news. We got on here. And we got sponsorships. And it was at that point where I was like, all right, I think I know what I'm doing. I do this. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like you just have to, you do it for yourself. Is he still do doing it. fitness? Um, he is. He is. He is. Um, he he um, he he worked in the CrossFit world for a mm -hmm. bit, and, and and eventually, like, I've always told him, man, we, man, we should start a CrossFit gym because I love their their franchise model. It's so cheap. Mm -hmm. um, but now he left CrossFit. Now he's doing a in-home training with a new startup that actually just landed on the Inc. Five Thousand list. Oh wow. Um, so he's still learning. He's still learning. But uh, I'm sure we'll we'll we'll, we'll get down the road and, and do something together because. Um, he's good on the, he's good at what he does, mm -hmm. and I'm good at the, the business, the marketing side. And then usually, when you bring those two pieces together, for any scenario, yeah. it's, it's magic. It's very, very few people who can actually do both very, very well. Yeah. So, very well, few. After that one, that was your first one. Yes. What was your first big awesome. win? Yes, so after that, um, with that tour and with anything you do, I'm a huge fan of the law of attraction. I believe that if you put things out there and you do it at a high standard, you attract people. Mm -hmm. I'm huge on inbound marketing. I'm huge on all those things. That's the way of the world when it comes to branding now. And so. Um, I've always been that way, and now the world is kind of coming to me, which is great, or coming to this concept. Um, our first um, real um, big uh, uh, client was D'Angelo Hall from the Washington Redskins. Mm. Yeah, um, um, I worked at my job for exactly one year after I graduated, put in 20 hours a day. So after we started working with Bakari, that's when I started the O Agency. I was like, yo, this is my first client. Yeah. Kind of showed him off a little bit. Um, put 20 hours in every day. I was still DJing. I was working at my corporate job from five to five, coming home six to two every single day. Um, and then within one year, um, saved up enough money, being very strategic, right? Um, slowly transitioned out of, out of DJ. Um, and um, that tour allowed us to attract one of the guys on D'Angelo Hall's team, kind of brought him on, started working with him on a, on a social media, off the field, marketing, branding, nonprofit. Mm. Ended up representing him on his MRN. Um, so that's with- MRN, my P I know what it means. Well, yeah. I don't. I was trying to help you out. So, so MRN is marketing representation something, something, something <laughs> document, right? Okay. So, so basically, um, that it becomes it becomes a a play of if you're if you become the marketing person for this guy, right? So a lot of times agents might do it, um, but a lot of times these players have their own person, mm -hmm. right, who they want to bring on or their family or whatever, and so um, you basically then become the person who all endorsements come through through us, and so right. then you would play the. The, the 20%, you know, uh, commission game and all that good stuff. Gotcha. And that really put us in a cool position, too. Okay. You can take You can take You need the headphones? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can take them. You can take them. Oh, no. <laughs> now you good. And yeah. That was your name. And she said she sent me what I needed for all of them. Okay, perfect, perfect. So, uh, so I, obviously, I, I, I know you're, uh, you're, you're really, really running, man, but there are some, see you later, there are some entrepreneurs that are struggling. And, you know, like I know, entrepreneurship is such a trend. Mm -hmm. It's a trend. People people really feel like they got to do something. They got to make, because everybody else is doing it, right? Right. What are some of the mistakes <laughs> that you see entrepreneurs making that they don't even? It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black 
today. Told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation Again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir, turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. You can realize that yeah. they're making. They just yeah. don't know that they don't you know. know. I, I, you know, this question gets asked all the time. I'm sure you get it all the time, too. And I'm trying to figure out, I don't want to give a generic answer. You know, because there's so many people who say a lot of the same things. Um, well, sometimes they need to hear it again. True. <laughs> true. But I, but I want to be a little different. Right. right? So, you know, that's just who I am. Um, everything is blue ocean strategy, you know. Mm -hmm. um, what are the biggest mistakes that people make? I give two. And, and, and it's, it's not going to be something that, that people are going to want to hear, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's the same reason you like me. Um, is, is the same reason why nobody's gonna like this advice is because I think that um, because I think long term I don't play to short term vices or economics right and I'm not even talking about money I'm just talking about followers and this and this and that I think that people the biggest mistake I'll put it like this once you have money you can do whatever you want once you have money and credibility, it's not hard to grow a brand very fast, mm -hmm. right? 
And so this is how I look at it. If you took three years for anybody, right, let's play two scenarios out. One scenario is one person, and we're talking about a typical young, fresh out of college, just really wants to jump into this entrepreneurship field. And this is how, this is the difference between short-term thinking and long-term thinking. And most everybody is short-term thinking. So if, if you graduate and you want to go down this journey, there's two ways you can take it. One is I'm focusing so much on, on social media analytics and, and this and that, and I'm trying to build so much of a perception. And you can spend three, year, three years really growing that, right? Really growing your following. Or, or you can spend three years fine-tuning a craft becoming the best at it, building clientele, really making money. And then as soon as you want to jump on social media, start taking pictures with whatever, like the right people, the right cars, right? Like it's so easy to attract people to you, right? Because the mass market is attracted by the same things, right? And so you can spend three years, and, and then we know that the only the only thing that can't be replaced is time, right? We know that. So in my mind, I see somebody spending three years so focused on spending their time trying to build, uh, trying to just keep putting out, and I'm not saying this is a wrong strategy, I'm just saying I would veer towards more, more towards something real, a service, a business. Like, an entrepreneur is about building a business, right? Yeah. And, and you spend three years doing that, let's say you can get from zero to five or 10,000 followers. But I think if you spend three years, honestly, maybe maybe just do very little, but not really spend your time on the social media. So you're hovering around a thousand followers yeah. for three years, but then you get to a good place. And but then you get to a part where where your economics isn't defined by how many social media followers you have, right? So that means you're making money by 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 now, but your social strategy is more about giving, giving, giving versus selling, selling, selling. Right you will see a dramatic boost literally within a year and you will you will triple and double this guy because and and not only that because again because it's very easy once you have money or credibility to build brand your engagement is going to skyrocket you'll have more confidence because people know that this is the real deal real person and 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 you'll also play longer because if if you spend all your time probably building social media, like you're you're probably also doing trendy stuff, which means you're probably also doing you know the typical um, courses or Facebook, or whatever it is that you're doing, and that runs on a cycle also, just like network marketing, all these things, right? Because after a while, the market becomes understand what's what really works and what doesn't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so that's how I see it, and I know that for most people, they want to jumpstart now because they they feel like if they have the followers, then they can promote their thing. But I don't yeah. think social media, to be honest, I think again, I say this all the time, I don't think social media should make or break you. I think it should only optimize you and amplify yeah. what you do. And so that's my whole thesis on it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are also people that do very well doing this side too. But I do think on the long-term and also impact of, of doing it the right way, yeah. I think is, is, is the way that, that I've kind of, is option B. Because what happens also is, um, and I hear Gary says this all the time, so I'm just gonna be like, I agree with it, and I think that it's real. When you, when you decide to monetize your social media, the reason why Gary blows up so fast is because his economics isn't in the social, yeah. right? He makes money regardless. And so when you're giving, 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 you're obviously gonna keep attracting, 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 yeah. and you're gonna grow substantially. 
what happens is, and it's better just to be in that boat because as soon as you decide to monetize on your audience, what happens is people put you in a bucket, whether you realize it or not, or not and say, oh, everything he does, he just wants to sell me, yeah. right? And so they start paying attention a little bit less or they're not as engaged because they, nobody likes to be sold to. Mm -hmm. Yet if you're using your social media to only sell, then, then they put you in this bucket and they don't, they're not as bought into you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The psychology is, uh, oh, he just wants to sell me, right? After a while, network marketing really, really started to die off because people knew, like, yes, on the network marketing side, you're very privy and you know how to, how to go against every objection. They teach you how to do that. Because I was in that world too, so oh, I get it. Sure, I was and we all, we all yeah. went into it, right? So we get it. But, but, but then you start to pick up on things. You're like, yo, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not, you're like, I already know what you're doing. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's not, and, and Are I, your income I, options I, open? <laughs> right? Like, come on, you know I know what to say. <laughs> right. Like, I already know, I already peep. And, that, and that's the same thing that's going to happen eventually. And so people put you in that bucket and they'll like you as a friend, but they're very weary of, of things, right? And yeah. so that starts happening too. So now it becomes not only how, not only the amount of money that you're making, but how you're making it. So I don't, I think everybody, I look, at the end of the day, I don't care how you make your money. It doesn't really matter to me. I know with me and in my house and what mm -hmm. I'm doing, there's a certain way that I think plays better over 30 years. Yeah. The other option too is, the reality is too, if you do play the first avenue, to be honest, it's very easy to rebrand too. I'm just be real, right? I mean, you can go away <laughs> for a real. year, come back, do a start a yep. whole thing, delete all your pictures, start right. over, meet a new month. You know what I'm saying? And so, hey, <laughs> that works me. too. Hey, right. You know what I'm saying? So, there's nothing wrong with that too. You know, you know, you do what you do because, because I do think at the beginning, everybody's gonna do what they have to do just to make a dollar. If you have nothing, then you're gonna have to do what you're gonna have to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so, I don't, I, I, I understand that because I was there too. Um, so again, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, but as you grow to every level, you also act to that level and, yeah. and you, you know, and you understand that, you know, you get smarter, the market gets smarter and you play a different game. And so, man, like I think about this all the time, man. Sometimes I'm like, yo, I should just freaking create a course on how to build a huge conference, right? And I would probably sell freaking tens of thousands. Right. But you know what? I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to play that. Yeah. I don't want to play that game. Not, not yet. I want to be seen as the person that really truly wants to help because everybody says they want to help but some people charge for the help or some people really do want to help so do right. you really want to help or do you really want my money yeah. to help and so it's nothing wrong with it it's just i know your intentions is money first and then help right. which is different because when people have to decide okay i'm gonna go to his event or his event oh i know he really wants to help me yeah. and so i'm gonna get a thousand people to come to mind you know what i'm saying yeah. it's intentions <sighs> it's so many things right it's like it's multiple layers of, of, of converting in the psychology of people and stuff like that. So. Man, for everyone, I like to make predictions, okay? Sure. Um, or I like to see predictions. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm asking you this because yeah. I want to be able to look back at this video five years from today and say, yo, Drew said he was going to do that, uh, and he did it. That's crazy. So yeah. give me your five-year predictions. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, a couple things for me. I think that <laughs> I don't, people are gonna be like, really? So two things. The obvious. Well, one is I think that I am going to. <laughs> it's gonna be so funny. Okay, two big things that pop into my mind right now. You're, you're 33. Yeah. This yeah. Two things. One is I think I'm gonna be in front of a stage of at least 10,000 people or more. I think we're gonna build um, the conference to that point. Um, so I think that's one that. Um, 
could most is a good chance of happening. The other one, which I don't think most people are going to expect, is I think I'm going to play a significantly less role on just social media and even being the face of things, and even just social media in general. Why? I think because 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 just like the feelings that I felt when I went through college and understood the entertainment industry, I think everybody wants to be famous, not realizing what famous comes with. Um, I think I think I think that it's. It's not what people truly, truly, because they haven't been there, gotcha. right? Like, oh, so not that you you're not going to be utilizing social media, just you're just not going to be the face. And and, okay. and and I'll be either I'll be utilizing it very differently, or I'll I'll actually, I'll honestly, as of right now, I truly feel like I will probably, I'll just probably use it less too. I'll be honest with you, like I will really, really be honest with you. I don't think that. I don't think that, I mean, I'm already there now where I don't feel like I have anything to prove to anybody, mm-hmm. right? Most of the time, social media is more of a, it's, it's a very, whether, you know, whether you agree with it or not, like, it feels good to grow, to like, to have a lot of likes, to have a lot of engagement, like, it feels good, right? And a lot of people are, 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 are get validation out of it, and I think there's nothing wrong with that, right? I'm just, I'm at this mind frame, with this mindset, and if I'm already here now, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be there in five years from right. now, and, and I know. Look, man, when, when we hear about um, who are the two people that just, like, when we, people don't realize, man, like, when you hear about the two people that just recently committed suicide who were super famous, I'll see it, like, people don't realize, like, you think you're going through depression and, and, and mental anxiety and stress right now, and you're not even anybody famous, or like, like, what do you think happens when you have 50, 100, 200,000 followers, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And not, like, again, I say it, like, people want to be famous so bad because it looks good but when you understand that your appreciation for life and, and your confidence level and your gratitude level should not come from there, and if it does, I think it's only going to make it worse. I only think that people are going, because it's, it's a pressure you're putting on yourself mm-hmm. to always level up and do more. Not to say that's wrong either. Right. Some people can manage that very, very well. I just, I just know now the question becomes, what really makes you happy? Mm-hmm. Because if social media and likes and followers makes you happy, then great, keep doing that. But I think that there, I think that I can find beauty and joy without having the stress that comes with, um, with that pressure yeah. and that, that, that keeping up with the Jones mentality and that trying to impress people and trying to have the nicest clothes, cars, house, all that good stuff. Yeah. I'm really, really in a space right now because, and, I think, and it, I think it's only because of exposure. I think it's only because I've, ex- I've, I've, I've got a chance to build, grow, and be around the 2% now and have clients at this level where I'm like, you know what? i rather, I'd really, really rather have half a million, a million dollars in my bank account and live so frugal, travel, do things, Maybe nobody even knows who I am, but I think that's going to give me more joy yeah. than being the guy that everybody wants to take something out of. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so this is just me personally. Yeah. You know, like I, I appreciate simple things, which is I, I, I think that it's allowed me to grow. I recently made a post where like, I think I'm about to even go down this minimalism lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that it's more sustainable. Mm-hmm. And again, when you're when you're talking long term, I'm like, bro, I'm trying to like be good, right, for the rest of my life, right? Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people, I've seen so many people, 
even in the athlete world, obviously, right? The peak of their life is 25, 26, 27. I talk about this, I have a conversation a lot about this. People don't realize their peak is at 25, 26. But what happens, think about long term, what happens is after that, their life goes down. For us, for the average person, we start lower, but if we continue to build and grow, our, our life yeah. and happiness actually goes, goes up while there it goes down because they reached a peak so fast right. and so high and they'll never experience that level of, you know what I'm saying, um, of, just, of just excitement or high or being in front, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then it just goes down. And so if you know how to build slow mm -hmm. and build up and appreciate little things, I think your happiness index, which is what I'm measuring more now versus monetary and economic impact, I'm measuring based off of that and so I think that, yes, I'll continue to grow, but I'm also very aware of what social media does to a lot of people, a lot of things that people are not talking about. I mean, people are already, people are starting to talk about it, but I think it's worse than what people are talking about. Like what? Um, in terms of like mental um, um, anxiety, um, addiction. addiction, depression. Um, and of course, even with more so saying, we already know even, it's already a thing. It's becoming a more said thing. And we already know that in the minority community alone, it's always been more taboo because you don't want to seem weak. You, you don't want to seem like you have an issue or a problem. So it, you, know, you don't seek help or you don't even just feel like you're talking about it, right? There's a lot of these social issues, you know, everything from your sexuality to your mental state. Like it's being more said and done because it's becoming more accepted. Um, but that doesn't mean it hasn't been happening or, or it's happening on a very, very you know, deep level for a lot of people. Actually, in five years, I'll probably start a therapist or something. Cause I, that's where the Social market is going. Therapy. I'll probably, I'll probably start that. And I, Dang, that's dope. I'll probably do that. That's probably Did you what just I think do. of that just now while you were talking about it? Yeah, that's crazy. Because I know that's where the market is going. Yeah. And because I really want to help people, because I know it's going to be a big need. That's what I'll do. Social media. That's therapy. probably what I'll. That's probably what I'll. Rather Seems though do. it came like on this conversation. Can I? Can I be down? Can we partner? Of course. Oh, for sure. We're gonna start of a business. Course. That's what's let's up. Keep, Five years. Let's keep okay. building, bro. Let's keep building, man. <laughs> any any other predictions? Any other predictions? Um, yeah, I think I'll be. I think I'll be there. Platform ten thousand. Like you, you live around. You live without a cell phone. That'd be. <laughs> the, that's the coolest life ever. Can you imagine? Yeah, I think. Um, I think, uh, I mean, overarching prediction, I saw, this, I saw this today, and I actually agree with it too. I think in the next 10 to 20 years also, so tech is obviously very important, right? And we want mm -hmm. as many people to get it as possible because it's, it's, a, it's a high paying skill, whether you use it for yourself or you get a job. Mm -hmm. So I think just economically, that makes a lot of sense to be more impactful and fulfilling and leave a longer legacy. I think everybody, especially in the minority community, should get more into tech. Um, and that's part of a lot of the stuff that we're doing and educating people on whether it's skills as in content creation, production, all that good stuff, it's really great skill. I think though, just like with any trend and pendulum, once it goes far left, everybody does it, it becomes mass market, that means it becomes more democratized, that means it becomes more saturated, that means it becomes less value too. So then, if you think about it at that level, not five years, but 10, 15, 20, then the pendulum has to go another way. And then the other way, in my opinion, is then, I saw this because, and I, it just made perfect sense, Mark Cuban had a quote, he said, I think in the next 10 to 20 years, the arts and the school of uh, whatever, you know what I'm saying, that, that super creative stuff then becomes the, the highest paying skill. Because once everything becomes automated and, and digitized and all that good stuff, the next thing after that becomes creative. Like creative is very hard to scale. Yeah. So now you have to learn not the actual skill of clicking, clicking, doing, doing, plugging, plugging. It's 
how do we become more creative with it? Because yeah. then that becomes the blue ocean strategy uh, in 10, 20 years when every, you know what I'm saying? So now, you know, when you start thinking about like that too, but that's, that's pretty far off, right? I mean, that's super far off, but I think about all that stuff. Wow, that's dope, man. I appreciate you, man. Please let people know how to find you. And um, obviously you got something coming out now. So you, this, this interview will live for years. So awesome. you kind of tell them about the, you know, what you got coming out right now, which yeah. uh, I'll be at. Yeah. Okay. I'll be at BYOB. Yeah, okay. But uh, tell everybody your, you know, what you got going on, how to it's follow a, you. It's an honorary what founder right here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but sure. all the speakers are honorary. <laughs> we'll start hazing the new speakers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, man. Um, at Brand with Drew, um, um, you know, uh, I, I would say BYOBRetreatLive.com. That website's going to be there um, forever. Um, I mean, I know we're going through a rebranding thing that we already talked about. So, uh, but for now, um, I would say just check out BYOBRetreatLive.com. Um, if you follow, actually, if you follow BYOB Society, you know, anything that changes, you'll see there too. Um, but uh, we're excited to, to bring that to to. Uh, Atlanta next year. Yeah. We're excited to, it's, it's in May, it's mid-year, it's the last weekend in May, Memorial Day weekend. Um, if you're over partying, you're done with it, come over here, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, sure. like let's, cut, let's come and build, um, let's come and grow. Uh, we have usually the best of the best and the brightest minds come through people who, who uh, have built legitimate six and seven figure businesses trying to uh, educate um, and give you guys the best stuff. And that happens every Memorial Day weekend. And so we'll be in Atlanta next year. And so we're really excited. But if you guys follow, I mean, if you guys follow myself, I'll, I'll keep everybody updated at Brand with Drew. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Thank you. Ah.